You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Episode number 177. Got a couple interviews for you guys today, as you heard from the last episode. David Peterson, Tyler McGill talking with us at spring training about what they've been going on in their life, how things have been. You get to know a little bit more about the players. And uh, James gets to talk some real baseball with David Peterson in this one. Yeah, David Peterson was fun. We even talked a little bit after the show off camera. Just amazing to see a guy who like we've seen develop so much actually talk about pitching, and you can really just feel his level of competitiveness, his knowledge, his desire to be great, like his like just how like grounded he is. And just, again, really cool to talk pitching with him. He's a fascinating story, too. Group in Colorado first round pick like Oregon Ducks like there's a lot there's a lot that went into making David Peterson the pitcher he is right now and a lot that's made him develop the last few years it's gonna be cool to share that with you guys and I will say I feel like I just haven't heard a lot about David Peterson like from him but yeah no one's really ever talked about David Peterson some of the fantasy baseball folks are finally starting to get on him starting to realize that he was missing tons of bats last year the fastball slider is legit the curveball's coming on so cool to hear the inside but definitely and uh, we're happy that we get to be the guys who give you that insight so here is David Peterson hope you guys enjoy What's up, Mets fans? Back here at spring training for another interview with another Mets player. Super excited. David Peterson, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, first off, how's it feel to be back with the boys, practicing, getting ready for games at spring training? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, It's always fun to kind of get back and be around the guys and and see everybody. And um, yeah, now we're about to start games, so it's it's getting exciting. Start off with the general here. What are some of your expectations for the team this season after such a big offseason? Yeah, I think it's definitely want to get the new guys... um, Kind of acclimated with everybody and, and get everyone on the same page and then um, you know when the season starts get down to business and, and play our game and um, see where it goes personally is there anything you're trying to accomplish yourself this year yeah you know i think i just being able to help the team win however i can um, obviously play as well as i can and be um, a valuable option for this team of course is there anything you're working on particularly this spring that could be different adjustment just something of that nature yeah, I think there's a couple of things mechanically, just cleaning some stuff up and um, making sure that um, all of my pitches are where I want them to be and, and being able to use my body as efficient as possible with the, with the way that I'm moving. We saw that from your summer of eighth grade to high school freshman year, you gained 10 inches. Is, mm-hmm. is that true, first off? Yeah, it was during my eighth grade year. Um, I grew 10 inches. <sighs> Um, yeah, what, was, what was that like for your game? Like with every, I mean, you got to feel like a new person. And your closet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. It was uh, there were some tough days there with growing pains and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I did. I mean, I felt definitely felt different yeah. um, after the, the giant growth spurt. And I think it took a little while for me to kind of get used to kind of the new way that things were. And and uh, I'd say it, it took me a little while to kind of grow into my body. Are there any added challenges with being such a tall pitcher in terms of repeating mechanics and staying consistent? Yeah, you know, I think there's definitely a component of with more length, there's more moving parts. And um, I think that's one thing that you're constantly trying to work on is, is keeping things in the right spot and keeping things tight to, to work as efficiently as possible. Last year we saw you, had, I mean, the slider was absolutely disgusting. Was there any adjustment that you feel like you personally made to, you know, improve upon that slider? Yeah, you know, I think that's always been a pitch for me that I could kind of lean on, uh, especially as an out pitch. And I think it's just some of the work that we did, we didn't really do anything crazy, but just continuing to refine it and, and try and make it the best version that I can. Um, and I think I, I was able to see some good results with it. And 
um, it was definitely last year in a place that I wanted it to be at. We've read from some other pitchers in the past who grew up in Colorado, specifically Kevin Gaussman and Marco Gonzalez, that it's a little bit difficult to develop a breaking ball like in your youth just because of the air density in Colorado. And we see that when we got good, you guys go to cores all the time. Did you experience any of that growing up? And did that have anything to do with your repertoire, like earlier life, like high school, college style? I would say early on, not really. Um, I don't think it was really something that I was focused on. It was more of, I think, when I got into professional baseball and I was spending my off-seasons there. And um, in, the, in the summer, I don't think you see as much of a, a drastic difference. But it definitely, when I start to throw breaking stuff in, in the off-season, um, sometimes it's you get a little frustrated because it's not doing what you want it to or you're not seeing the results. But uh, it's always fun after throwing there and then coming down to, to Florida and it starts moving like crazy, yeah. so it's, it's good. We got the pitch clock this year. How are you feeling about that? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, personally, as, as a guy that likes to work faster, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to affect me in terms of rushing me mm-hmm. much. Um, and then I, I was able to work with it a little bit last year in Syracuse, and so got to try it out a little bit, so it's not going to be completely foreign to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see how it goes and, and how guys adjust to it. You made kind of a change to your pitch mix last year, throwing much more four-seamers than sinkers compared to 2021. What was the reason for that? Yeah, I think the four-seam has always been something that's kind of been a work in progress for me. I started throwing it a lot more in college, uh, up in the zone to get hitters to chase. Um, and then as I've come through pro ball, and especially in the big leagues, um, really trying to make that um, a fastball that I can use at any time. And, and last year, it worked out that in a lot of matchups, that was the better fastball against mm-hmm. hitters. And um, the four seam is a lot easier to establish inside, um, to righties especially. And so I think that's kind of the main component of is the importance of pitching inside and, and making sure hitters know that you'll go in there and then having the two seam still that moves away from righties and, and sinks into lefties. So, um, yeah, I think it, it only makes my sinker better. Um, but I think that the four seam itself is a valuable asset for me, especially playing along with the slider. What's it like to be on a pitching staff with Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, future Hall of Famers? It's cool. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge <laughs> in the room. And so it's, it's been fun. Last year was a lot of fun to work with Max and really pick his brain and kind of see how he worked and, and what's made him the guy that he is. And um, I'm looking forward to kind of doing the same with Justin, just getting to know him more as, as we get along and, um, yeah, kind of seeing what I can take from him and just continuing to learn. On a similar note, how's it been working with Jeremy Hefner the last few years? It's been awesome. Hef and I work well together, and, and um, he's really good at communicating with us, whether you're data-driven and, and you want all that stuff or you're more of a guy like myself where a lot of it's based off of feel and he's got such a, a good insight as to how the data plays with what I'm feeling and, and it's been really good and um, it's been fun to watch him kind of grow into that position you know he was came in as a coach so close to when he got done playing yeah. um, and I think it's it's only been more fun to see him um, just grow in that position and really thrive. Last year you were making starts, you are coming out of the bullpen. What would you say the biggest change in your preparation is when you have to, you know, change your role a little bit? I think a lot of it is the throwing component. You know, when you're on a five-day rotation, you've, you've got your, your four days that are scripted out. And um, you really, I mean, you do the same thing over and over again. And I think when you're relieving, depending on how often you're throwing and, and how much you're being used, um, that kind of dictate, dictates your throwing. So the daily throwing stuff and then, um, you know, just always being ready when you're out of the bullpen. 
pull it back away from baseball for a little bit. What do you like to do when you're not, when you're not playing? Love to play golf. Uh, I try and play golf as much as I can. It's kind of, for me, one thing that is uh, a competitive thing that's different than baseball, but at the same time, there's a lot of things um, for me that with golf go along with baseball. And so there's some stuff, especially on the mental side of the game, that um, I can kind of work on and, and refine. Um, while not always thinking in a baseball sense of things. A good way to like manage frustrations. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing? I, don't, I mean, I'd love to say playing golf, but uh, <laughs> I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that good yet. Um, you know, I don't know. I, it's, this is always the thing that I've wanted to do, and um, ever since I was young, pl playing baseball and, and being a major leaguer was, was a dream. And so, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's just... It's, it's, not really been my focus in terms of yeah. what, what else would I be doing? You know, I'm, I'm enjoying what I do for a living and um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's kind of like SpongeBob with fine dining and breathing. It's like there's nothing else, exactly. <laughs> no other option. You became a dad in the middle of last season. I did, has, yeah. has been adjust First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Has been adjusting to fatherhood while being a major leaguer. It was good, you know, that's, that's something for me outside of sports that was always a life goal was to have kids and, and have a family and so, um, my wife and I are super excited, and it was it was good at the end of the season to go back home during the off season and, and be there every day and, and have a lot of quality time with them. That's awesome. I mean, we're super excited that we got to talk to you today. It's been amazing. Good luck this season. We can't wait to watch you pitch, and uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. So that was David Peterson. Next up, we have Tyler McGill for you. Like we said, uh, another great interview. Got to learn about the nickname Big Drip. Just being around these players is always so interesting because you, you have an idea of what they're like, and then you get to meet them, and they're almost exactly the same, which is really cool. And I felt that with Tyler McGill. And he's also just another large human who just dwarf or makes us look like dwarves. One of the biggest humans I've ever come across in my entire life. Also, when you guys hear him say why his nickname is Big Drip, you're probably going to laugh. So just get ready for that one. 
Yeah, get ready for that. So here's Tyler McGill. Hope you guys enjoy. What's up, Mets fans? We're back here with another interview at spring training at Clover Park. We're joined today with Tyler McGill. Tyler, thank you for joining us. We're super yeah. excited. How's it feel to be back uh, in Florida getting ready? It feels great. It's exciting. I've been waiting since, obviously, we finished season, uh, a couple weeks of downtime, and then obviously you're ready to get going and get back here and get it going again. Of course, the team had an unbelievable offseason, bringing in a lot of talented players. What are your expectations for this, this team this year? Uh, obviously, World Series, so I mean, just, you know, playing each day, winning each, each day, that's the goal, just winning each day and, you know, take it as far as we can, 162 and on. What about uh, expectations for yourself this season? Anything you're trying to accomplish? Staying healthy, that's the biggest thing. Cool one. Just being able to make my start every fifth day or whatever I'm doing for pitching and just, you know, being able to you know, stay healthy a full season, that's the biggest thing for me. You probably have one of the better nicknames, not only on this team, but in all of Major League Baseball, Big Drip. Yeah. Can you tell us where that came from, the origin of it? Uh, Cameron Maben, when I was in AAA, uh, he played with my brother when he was with the Cubs. He was saying, oh, like, me and my brother are polar opposites from each other. He's very outgoing and whatnot, and me, I'm very just laid back, I guess you could say. <laughs> oh, relaxed. it's like a drip like yeah. that? Uh-huh, just chill out and, yeah. I thought it was going to be something like he had like good fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not yet, not yet. Soon. Working on that. Yeah. You mentioned your brother, major league pitcher as yeah. well. How was the competition between you guys growing up being, I mean, two really good pitchers? Well, I mean, I didn't start pitching until maybe my sophomore year in high school. So before that, I was a catcher. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, competition-wise, I mean, we always pushed each other to, you know, be better. And then, obviously, come college and pro ball, you know, it was all about helping each other. And, you know, picking each other's brains and just, you know, trying to make ourselves better players overall. Who's got the nastier stuff right now, then, if you didn't compete that much growing up? I don't know. We're two totally different <laughs> pitchers. I mean, he does some things better than me, and I do some things better than him. Your family's pretty athletic. Yeah. You know, your sister, your dad, your brother. Who would you say is the best athlete in the family? Uh, my sister, yeah, definitely. She, she gets after it and she's very uh, unreal shape. So. You kind of came out of nowhere in 2021 when you came to the team during the summer. You only thrown about four of the innings between going from high A to the major leagues. What do you think was the biggest reason for your ability to like rise that quickly? Uh, obviously, I mean, results are one thing. You got stuff that's another thing. But, I mean, during that time, it was kind of like all hands on deck with injuries and whatnot. And, you know, just obviously taking the momentum I had and then just going with it. And then obviously I got my opportunity and then just, you know, making the most of that opportunity when you get the chance. So, you know, just end of the day, it's just taking what you have in the moment and then, you know, just trying to run with it. You got to start opening day last year. Yeah. How was that experience getting the opening day start? It's exciting. I mean, not a lot of people, I guess, get to experience that yeah. when it comes from obviously like an A standpoint and, and a staff, but being able to have that opportunity, you know, it's special. So, you know, it's cool. Hopefully, you know, one day rightfully earned one myself as, you know, that kind of suit. What was the instant reaction when they told you you were the guy? Uh, I mean, I was excited. It's cool. You know, I get to start the first game of the year. I mean, it's stuff you kind of like dream about. So, you know, being able to do one was fun. Since you've been called up and throughout your major league career, your secondary pitches have really like taken a step forward. Yeah. What do you think's been like the big reason for that change? Trusting my off-speed stuff and throwing it for strikes. I mean, for the most point, like 
boys try to be like nasty with it in reality you just need to just throw it with the movement over the plate and you know get them off the fastball and yeah. you know it's crazy how much like from a hitting standpoint being able to hit in like 2021 it was like so i guess like eye-opening to like how hard hitting is yeah. and like seeing pitchers throwing hard and like how like little time you have to react and like whatnot so i mean yeah, just being able to throw off speed in the zone for strikes and then obviously later in counts you know try to get them to nibble and whatnot so. yeah talked about that rule change between two years ago to last year with the dh becoming universal there's gonna be some more rule changes this year including the pitch clock did you ever deal with the pitch clock in the minor leagues if so or if not how do you think it's going to affect the game no this i never got to work with the pitch clock from what i've seen and heard it just speeds games up drastically like I don't think there's games over three hours and sure there'd be times where my friends would tell me like their game started an hour later than ours and they finished theirs or shower and they're leaving there more like in the seventh yeah. <laughs> like yeah so I mean the clock's definitely going to speed up the time and the, the pace of the game when talking about you know guys that you faced in your career thus far who would you say has been like maybe the hardest guy to go up against on the mound I me mean, i just like throwing to crappy hitters yeah so like people that just like foul and spoil your pitchers off they're not trying to take you deep or yeah. anything they're just trying to like put a good bat on the ball so i'd say one of those guys are like gene segura with the mm -hmm. phillies same yeah, guy scrappy past. hitter like, he's he'll annoying throw, he'll throw a ball <laughs> in another batter's box and he'll <laughs> somehow foul it off and just like work the count up. And as a yeah. pitcher, you hate batters that work the count up and just spoil a lot of pitches. Yeah, lucky for you and the Mets, he stayed in the division. So we're still <laughs> going to get to see him play at times this year. Yeah. I do remember one game last year where you actually were able to get Gene Segura a few times, and that was in the combined no-hitter last yeah. April. What was it like being a part of that? It was only the second time in Mets history that we got to the end of a game with no hits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that game was pretty, pretty nerve-wracking, to say the least. I mean, I didn't really understand know we had a no hitter going until really six or so seven because obviously you're in the moment you're not really paying attention to that kind of deal yeah. and then you look at the scoreboard when it's all done you know your nerves are going down and whatnot and yeah and then you just see it and progressively going deeper into the game and it's yeah the kind of sensation was Wild. That's odd. Yeah. It felt that way in the stands too. Like no one really even noticed until because no. remember when you you went either five or six and there was a jam and someone came in and like got out of it somehow. So it was like only like a one or two run game and all of a sudden we got out of the jam and it was like, oh my God, oh, they still don't have any hits. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept parlaying from there. It was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Outside of baseball, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I like to play golf. Okay. Some buddies, my dad, and video games. What video games? <laughs> play some World of Warcraft. Oh, okay. Uh, Overwatch. Yeah, my buddies. You're, you're a PC gamer then. Yeah, PC. Wow, all right. That's, that's a real gamer then. Yeah. If you weren't a baseball player, what would you be doing? Probably golf. Professional golf, that'd be sick. Are you that good? I'm not that good, no, but watching them and how they are able to, when I play, I think it's fun when you hit a good shot. I mean, that's what you come back yeah, for, yeah. is that sensation of you hitting a good shot and landing on the green and seeing pros do that. Have you got a like chance? Like playing baseball, it's yeah. crazy. Have you got a chance to play with McNeil? No, I haven't, but I hear he's got a pretty damn good game. There was a little meme that went viral last year. It was you, Cookie, and Scherz, like around an iPad in the dugout. Kind of made his way around Twitter for a while. What's it like working with such an experienced pitching staff, just these guys who've been around the game so long and have so much success? Yeah, it's been the, the blessing, obviously, being in this organization and being able to be up 
with them in the major leagues is they have so much experience and so much knowledge and just being able to talk with them and obviously them from past experience, you know, and trying to teach me and coach me up on certain situations, like it goes a long way. So that's like the biggest thing I think for us young guys that come and pitch is like they're very open-minded to allowing to teach us and us to be able to listen, take it in. And obviously in game, from being taught, you know, you'll start to pick up on those kind of things and, you know, obviously adapt in the situation. We're huge fans of Jeremy Hefner on this podcast. We talk about him all the time. What's your relationship relationship like with Hefner and how's he helped you so far? Love Hef. Love Hef. Yeah, we um, do too. <laughs> great. I mean, he gives me all the confidence in the world with my stuff. Um, and just from just a coaching standpoint, just obviously pitching and situations in the game, uh, just he understands and he knows what to say, when to say. And I think that's a very big, big thing with pitchers is being able to understand the situation and you know go about about that. I think last question, probably wrap this up in a little bit. We read you were a big Scooby-Doo fan as a kid. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> every morning I'd wake up before <laughs> school when I was a kid. Uh, me, exact, literally the exact same thing. Which which character in the show did you most identify with or who's, who's your favorite? Well, Scooby, that was my nickname. Was <laughs> I told you. I told you. I said you were going to pick Scooby. They called call me Scooby. Was that just because you like the show so much? Love the show, yeah. Scooby, yeah. <laughs> Scooby. Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us awesome. today. We really appreciate it and uh, yeah. good luck this season. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right, so there they are, the interviews, episode number 177 of the Mets Up podcast. They were fantastic. Of course, guys, amazing day is coming up this Saturday, March 25th. Make sure to wear your Mets hat, and you will have a chance to win some really cool stuff all around New York City. Make sure you also sign up for the sweepstakes at Mets.com slash day for your chance to throw the first pitch at a game, as well as get a complete VIP experience. And as guys who maybe haven't had the complete VIP experience, but pretty close to it, I will say, it's pretty awesome to be treated like a VIP. So you guys definitely want to get in on that. Uh, amazing day coming up. Wear your hats. I think that's pretty much it for this episode, right, James? Anything else to say? All good. Getting ready for the season. Let's wrap it up here, guys. Week, thank you so less much. Less than a week away. Yep, less than a week away. Guys, thank you so much for listening and watching to this episode of the Messed Up Podcast. We appreciate you. Follow us on all our social media, at Messed Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The YouTube channel, if you want to see a video version and see how much bigger David Peterson and Tyler McGill are than me and James, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel. You'll be able to find that. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And I'm Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out.